Welcome to The Follow-Up, a weekly podcast that goes in-depth into projects recently reviewed on Brand New, featuring conversations with the designers and sometimes their clients, uncovering the context, background, and design decisions behind the work. Hi, this is Brian Gomez-Palacio, and welcome to episode number 69 of The Follow-Up. This week, we're following up on Top of the Morning Coffee, a brand specialty coffee created by the hugely popular YouTuber Sean McLaughlin, a.k.a. Jack Septicai. Sean has amassed more than 52 million followers across social media, with 29 million subscribers and nearly 16 billion views on YouTube alone, where he produces content around video games, reacting to TikToks, meme reviews, and more. The coffee brand is named after his opening line from all of his YouTube videos, Top of the Morning, in his signature Irish lilt. Sourced ethically and made with USDA certified organic specialty grade beans, its four different roasts are available ground or in whole beans and a single purchase or subscription exclusively through their website. Now available too are tea and hot chocolate products, as well as, naturally, plenty of merch, with 1% of sales going to Crisis Text Line. The project, designed by London UK-based Earthling Studio, was posted on brand new on March 22nd, 2023. You can pull it up on your browser at bit.ly slash bnpodcast069. That is bit.ly slash bnpodcast069, all in lowercase. This week, we're joined by Stephen McDavid, creative partner and founder of Earthling Studio, and Hugh Thomas, CEO of Top of the Morning Coffee. In this conversation, we hear about the undeniable impact of Jack Septicai's personality on the brand and how that was translated into the brand idea of absurdly positive that drove most creative decisions. Being a creator-led brand, it would have been easy to just plaster Jack Septicai's contagiously happy face all over the identity. But instead, they made sure the brand could live long-term without relying only on him. We learn about the origin of the Cup of Sunshine logo, how the crew of characters came to be, the challenges of the packaging, and how much joy went into the project. In fact, you can drink a shot of coffee every time the word joy is used in this episode. Now, let's listen in as Armin follows up with Stephen in cue. Hello everyone, today we're here to talk about coffee and if it's the dead of night or the sun is not shining where you are, you are about to get a full serving of sunshine, joy and feel good vibes as we get into the redesign of top of the morning coffee. Stephen, Hugh, welcome to the follow-up. Thanks for having us. Hey, Eamon, thank you. So that our listeners can know who's who, if you can introduce yourselves with your name and title. Hey guys, I'm Stephen, creative partner and co-founder at Earthling Studio. So I'm Hugh, I'm the CEO of Top of the Morning Coffee, working with our founder, Jack Septicai, or Sean, who's a YouTube creator, entertainer, philanthropist, you name it, Sean does it. He started his brand in 2020, and I joined the business last year to take it to the next stage, which we've been working with Steve and team on. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the brand, how that first phase of its existence fared in the market, and what attracted you to join the company? 
It's a very interesting story. So you have Sean or Jacksepticeye, who is the founder of the business. Sean is one of the OG YouTube creators, but an entertainer in general across pretty much every form of media you can imagine. Sean has been creating content for over a decade at this point, and his channel is a decade old. He has over 50 million social media followers across the different platforms and nearly 30 million YouTube subscribers. And he's been delivering uplifting, fun, entertaining content for the last decade. A lot of it built around gaming, but also just having fun. And his audience really relates with the way Sean authentically communicates with them. It's uplifting when you go and log on and watch his channel. You're escaping from the day to day and just watching someone as entertaining as him have fun and engage with his community. Sean is Irish, lives in the UK, but has big following around the world. And one of his passions is being coffee and the world around coffee. When you start your day with a cup of coffee, it's, it's for many people, including him. The first thing you do sets you up for the day. And again, as we all know, it's uplifting. And whether your experience is tea, coffee, hot chocolate, that kind of first beverage moment, that way to start the day was something he's passionate about. And so in 2020, he had the foresight and genius to lock in the brand name Top of the Morning, which is a phrase that he uses to start pretty much all of his YouTube videos. It's how he greets people. Obviously, a well-known phrase from his homeland as well. And so you can imagine when you link Top of the Morning with coffee, it makes a lot of sense. And he was very early on, I think, in terms of creator brands, which is a big part of the conversation at the moment, and decided to launch the brand in June 2020. Obviously, a lot of us were at home changing our routines, buying coffee at home, maybe instead of going to the coffee shop because we couldn't, wherever we were in the world, for obvious reasons. And the brand had an amazing launch working with the partners that, that it worked on. And for the last 18 months, it's been a very lean organization, building, growing. And I think what Sean identified was that he wanted the brand to feel more like him, wanted to evolve it, felt like it had engaged incredibly well with the consumer. And that's when I started talking to the team there with my background in terms of consumer products and building consumer brands, wanted to work with him to take this amazing initial start that the business had had and taking it to the next level, which for us is taking coffee to consumers that maybe find the current branding of coffee unapproachable and a little bit snobby. And so we started conversations and really felt that where the brand was, which you can find online and look up, was not where it needed to go. I joined the team to relook at everything from what products we sold, how the website worked, and in particular, in, due to this conversation, how it looked and felt in the world. So really that kind of teaser up to where I joined last spring and kind of an amazing foundation that it had been built on with tens of thousands of consumers buying the coffee, but so much potential ahead to take this to a new audience as well. Fantastic. No further questions on this line of questioning. That was very well put. So Stephen, I know a little bit about the connections that help spark this collaboration, but for our listeners, and so I can get the full scoop myself, how did Earthling get involved in this project, especially considering that you have just started your studio? Hugh and I crossed paths uh, in a past life working on Ugly Drinks, where I was leading the team creatively to take the brand identity to the next level. Hugh and I have really clicked on that project and stayed in touch ever since, really. And then I guess when this project came along, it was a bit of a dream first project, to be honest with you. And I think that kind of connection and collaboration between the two of us and with Jack and the team has been great. Both a blessing and a curse to have such a great project as his first one, because now the expectation is that you need to deliver at this level of joy, creativity and goodness from here on forward. But no pressure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no pressure, Steve. <laughs> 
you, as you started this conversation with Earthling, what were some of the initial goals and ambitions you shared with them to get them started on the project? And also for context, was there someone else involved on your side as part of the team or were you flying solo for the most part of this project? You know, when we first looked at this, obviously I wanted to take a wide view of partners that we could work with to bring the brand to life. I always would and obviously had the connection with Steve, but with this project, we obviously had the ability to work with design agencies or partners anywhere in the world, given it's a pretty remote organization. And as much as a dream project for me or Steve, a dream project for lots of people out there, what we were looking for, and I say we, it's obviously Sean or Jack Septakai is, is our founder and wanting to deliver what his vision was. We wanted something that really had soul and really spoke to the way that Sean and also the team around felt that we wanted the brand to be seen in the world and also the way we see the world. We spoke to some amazing branding agencies and there's some amazing partners in the world right now. I think the standard of creativity makes me happy every day to see what people come up with. But I think in particular for this, you wanted almost to see and feel the warmth and feel the joy and be uplifted the same way as when you have the beverage. We wanted it to feel the same way when you see it sat in the cupboard or on the shelf or when you're wearing the cap like I am now. And obviously, when you're seeing the brand now, you can kind of see that come to life. But at the beginning, it's a blank piece of paper. And I felt that knowing Steve's work from the past and seeing the work of other agencies, I still think we could have come some amazing results. But I don't think we would have quite got the colorful, iconic, bright personality that we've delivered with this work, which is Jack Septicai visualized, but also a brand that can extend long term beyond just being Sean's coffee brand. And that was really important for us. That's kind of how we identified it. We looked at lots of different work, showed a lot to Sean. What did he like? What didn't he like? What was he looking for? And eventually he selected the partner that we worked with. I kind of showed him who we could work with, what the work was and how it could bring his vision to life. And then we had the first kickoff session in real life, which not every meeting for the last couple of years has been with Sean and Earthling and myself in person, which I think was the kickoff for this work. Speaking of the kickoff, Stephen, what in this initial conversation stood out for you? And, you know, from what Hugh said, there's so much to pick up on and that clearly found its way into the eventual design approach. But what stood out initially from these conversations early on? Yeah, I think as Hugh was alluding to there, spending time, we took the train down to Brighton and spent time with Jack Septicai himself. And I think a brief point of view, kind of you and Jack were very clear to create this kind of standalone coffee brand that would embody Jack's personality, but could stand on its own two feet. From meeting Jack and spending that time with him, his personality and his reverent humor and his absolute positivity really stood out as something in terms of trying to boil down his spirit and then take that into top of the morning became very clear. And I guess this idea of the conversations we had, the stimulus we put in front of him, very much listening to him in terms of what his passion was for coffee, why he wanted to undergo this redesign. One of the little sound bites he gave away when we were down there, which kind of I very much clung on to, was he talked about this idea of coffee is like a cup of sunshine. So that was very, very early on in the process. And that very much stuck in my head. And obviously, now you can see that in the work. Very important to spend the time with founders like that and kind of very much listen to their ambition. 
Yeah, and I think it's, uh, as you mentioned, Hugh, it's nice that these meetings are now happening in person. You know, we started this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, and all the stories were about how meetings happen through Zoom and Google Teams, whatever. But it's now nice to hear about how important these in-person meetings are and how you can pick up on certain things that you just can't quite on a digital conversation. That's just a nice aside of everybody as a global community evolving from this pandemic. Getting sidetracked a little bit before we get into the design, this is a question for you, Hugh, about this particular market of content creators launching products and businesses. You've been involved with more traditional retail brands like Ugly Drinks, as you mentioned, which you were CEO of. So I guess the question is, what are some differences or similarities between a product launched by an independent content creator and a traditional consumer brand manufacturer? It's a really interesting space right now, as you outlined so well there. Previously, the way a brand has been built, and there are still many brands doing a great job of it, is you build the brand and then try and build the audience. Whereas the model flips when you work with a creator with as big an audience as Sean, where you have the audience and you create a product and have that ready-made distribution. Where the challenge is for a lot of creator-led brands is that I think you need to have a long-term view on what you're building. And again, I can't speak for every creator brand that's existed or has been around, but the best brands are the ones that look long-term and they look beyond just being a short-term sales opportunity, selling t-shirts or coffee and then closing the website after six months when you've made enough profit. For this project, we wanted to build a brand that can be around 50, 100 plus years. And I think that's where all great design and brand building starts is starting with that mentality that you want it to be something that is timeless and engages. And for us, when it comes to creator brands, from my point of view, is that you need to consider what the brand means with or without the creator as part of it. And I know Steve just outlined part of that. But you also have this incredible opportunity to engage with such a big audience on day one, which makes it particularly unique. We knew we'd be putting it out there. And I think the challenge for us is continuing to grow with Sean and Jacksepticeye's audience and continuing to make what his audience is looking for, but additionally expanding beyond that and making this a product that can be a household brand in whatever format, whether it's coffee or tea or other products that we have coming in the future. What Steve said there is almost taking Jack's personality and his values and his positivity and encapsulating that means that he is in the DNA of the brand and vice versa. But what we haven't done is plaster his face on the front of the bag and said, it's Jacksepticeye coffee, which I think is a short-term plan driving revenue within an audience. But if you really want to build a brand for the long term, it still needs all the fundamentals of well-run business, good economics, well-managed team, and a clear vision that delivers on that. Hopefully, we're putting those building blocks in place, obviously, with the business model, but also with the branding that we've done with Steve and Tim. Fantastic insight. Makes me think that maybe brand new and with our great audience, we're ready for a coffee brand of our own. So stay tuned, <laughs> perhaps, in the near future. <laughs> Back to our regularly scheduled content of design conversation. Steven, what was the first run of design exploration for everything like, and what did you present to the top of the morning coffee team? We landed on the kind of brand idea of Absurdly Positive, which was the catalyst for all of the creative going forward. And that was very much born from Sean's quite absurd sense of humor, if you're familiar with his content. And then on the other side of that, how positive he is. Like we said, very much born from his DNA, but boiled down into this Absurdly Positive, which as a brand idea, very much inspired the copywriters, designers, etc. 
And in the first instance, in terms of sharing creative, the first thing we did is we shared two creative territories, which is very much verbal and a kind of visual exercise. And then we also had some kind of very early sketches included in that work. And the two spaces from memory, the first one was very much about owning the morning. So this idea of the start of the day, which sounds obvious now, but the idea of it's called top of the morning. So this idea of very much owning that kind of start of the day. And then the second territory was about building a world for the brand to live in. So almost building a place, building a space you could almost immerse yourself in. And the kind of outcome of those two spaces was a classic. We like both. We love the idea of owning the morning. Hugh was very passionate about that thought. And I think we were both slightly taken back by how nobody had really lent into that in coffee. Owning the morning, especially for a founder that's so kind of positive, kind of felt like a no brainer. From a creative territory point of view, it was very much taking the best of both, smashing them together. From a kind of, you know, mood board territory, sketch territory point of view, it became clear very quickly. Jack Sean is very visually literate. He was very clear on what he liked, what he didn't like, and also able to articulate why he liked it, which was amazing to work with somebody who's obviously very creative, but can articulate what he likes from a design aesthetic point of view. And from there, we took the idea of absurdly positive. And what we did was we created four creative routes, four ways in to bring it to life looking to stretch how far we could go with it from roots that felt a little bit closer in a little bit more of an evolution all the way out to stuff that was a bit braver and pushing what was possible each of those territories testing out do we own a brand color testing the tone of voice you know how does the tone of voice start to come to life do we have illustration does jack actually live in the brand does he not live in the brand and then starting to test that out on packaging website social etc just to try and create some stimulus that you and the team and jack and the team could start to feedback in kind of terms of what felt right for them and right for the business and right for his community as well and i would the only thing i'd add to that is like normally we wouldn't show four routes honestly maybe we'd show two or three but it was such a rich territory kind of rich space and rich brand idea we couldn't take a route out of the last minute they were all so strong and then i think there was actually from that process the best bits were taken and pulled together into this kind of super route which i'm personally fine with i know some people have problems with that but i think from my point of view that's how you get to the best work Going back to the many conversations we've had on this podcast, there's many more instances where bits and pieces are put together from various routes as opposed to this hard-headed approach that designers used to have before where like A, B, or C, choose one, do not dare combine the three because it will be over for our careers. It's nice that there's now more openness from designers of like listening to the client because usually they don't have to have that hard choice between A, B, or C or A or B, or in this case, A, B, C, or D. Hugh, what stood out to you in this initial round? Perhaps something that did make it to the final round, something that you liked but didn't quite see working. Just in general, what was your impression of this first four visual explorations? The team at Earthling spent a lot of time listening to Sean at the beginning. I think that was invaluable, that in-person time spent together, absorbing the energy in the room, listening, understanding how it all started. And then almost hearing like a view on the world and values versus saying, we want a brand that looks like this brand, or we want work that looks like this. I don't think we ever had that moment when it came to the brief. It was, we want this to embody this value, this attitude. And therefore, I think a lot of the work that we were shown and the roots we were shown was essentially just totally original. You wouldn't say it's inspired by this or looks like this brand. 
And hopefully that's what we've achieved in the end result too, is something that is standalone, standout, iconic, doesn't borrow from brand X or Y, doesn't have references to other categories. It is a visual embodiment of the vision and the values of the founder and the team at the time. So those roots we were presented and the reason I feel like we were able to merge them together, they were all original and they all had original ideas that were able to combine together versus saying, we've got one that's in this style and another that's in this style. I don't think that's how the work looked. I feel like it was all unique. And so we were taking references that all came from, again, this same absurdly positive idea. Having that running through everything from day one, as Steve said, meant that these ideas weren't a million miles away. They were almost related in some sense. We weren't just picking and choosing from the buffet. I want a slice of chocolate cake on with my uh, sandwiches. It was more in line and I feel like that worked really well. But it came from that really clear time spent listening and working with Sean, understand what he wanted to put into the world. I feel like that's really hard to do. The listening and also listening to the feedback as we went along is so important to really listen and hear where someone is coming from. From my point of view, to create brands with that soul, if you want to have that soul, you have to listen. And that's what the team at Earthling did so well, which is why I think everyone's so happy with the work because it's the visual embodiment of those feelings versus, (laughs) I sound so pretentious saying this, but we weren't trying to pigeonhole something. We weren't trying to create Uber of X or we want the Airbnb for Y. This is original in the sense of the visual aesthetic. I think that you have all the right to make that statement without having pretension. I think there is something unique and joyful about it that doesn't try to mimic something that exists. I mean, it looks like stuff we've seen. It like it draws from cartoons, it draws from mascots of yesteryear, whatever it is. But it, when you put it together in this new quote unquote package, it just does come across as something freshly brewed just for this audience. So I'll stop with my bad puns (laughs) and now continue on to more design stuff. Stephen, how did the logo evolve? Was the final design close to something that you presented in those first rounds? How did you arrive at the final composition, the animation, all of that good stuff about the logo? From a logo point of view, we were quite close in the early stage to the idea of the cup of sunshine. We didn't know he was called Sunny. At that point, he was nameless. But we were quite close, I'd say, in the first stage or an iteration of it, a rough version of it. I think one of the things that stuck out for me, and again, that conversation with Sean and Hugh, was this idea of developing a brand, developing an icon that could work as well as in YouTube thumbnail, as it could work on store and have that same kind of impact at small size and obviously in traditional retail. And then the second part to it in terms of his brief, Sean was very much after something that anyone could draw. And those two things really stuck out in my head. He wanted his community to be able to draw this very easily. So it needs to be super simple. And he wanted it to work in the smallest screen size and then blown up big also. That kind of gave us our brief. And then the work that I've done in the past and the work that I'm very passionate about is creating very memorable assets. Creating assets, when you think of that brand, you think of that asset or you think of that color palette or you think of that you know particular type treatment. From a typographic point of view, if you've seen any of Jacksepticeye's videos, the way he starts his videos with that very infectious top of the morning energy, that really gave us the execution of this greedy type that's almost jumping out at you, this kind of absurd positivity. To sum it up, wanted to create something very memorable, could work in storm and work online and also very much captured that energy of Jacksepticeye himself. And sure does that. Now you mentioned the icon being named Sonny, and then there's this other cast of characters. How did those come about? 
were those again also in there from the beginning of the conversation? Did they evolve after a certain point of the process? Were there any that didn't make the cut to the roster at the end? Very good question. We created this world, like I alluded to at the start, this idea of planet positivity. So the idea of every time you're in the brand of Top of the Morning, you're in this environment of planet positivity. And Sonny was the first cast of characters, obviously. He was the icon. But honestly, he felt a bit lonely in that space by himself. So we started to, not intentionally actually, almost develop this cast of sidekick characters. And the second character from memory that came along was Lucky, the Shamrock, because we wanted to obviously nod, allude, that idea of Sean obviously being very proud of his Irish heritage. So that led to the Shamrock character. Next along came Cup of Joe, because obviously with the brand's mission of creating a coffee brand that's anti-snobbery, we wanted to create this very everyday character, kind of Cup of Joe, and something that was really, really explicitly talking to coffee. And then the last character, which is kind of the unsung hero, really, I think, is Ray. The two cups of the rainbow coming together, which is very much about the inclusivity of the brand, but also creating something that talked about when you share a coffee also. Ray's the one that might come down the line, might have his own spin-off down the line, who knows? They were a lot, lot of fun to create. What I like about Ray is that it reminded me a little bit of the flying carpet in Disney's Aladdin, which is like this inanimate object that has a lot of personality. And here you manage to infuse a lot of personality into two cups of coffee sharing a rainbow, which is just a weird premise to begin with, but they're just going back and forth with the rainbow and it's very, very charming. Hugh, are there any behind-the-scenes stories about the characters that are fun, memorable? <laughs> Anything that stood out for you as you were developing this as ambassadors for the brand? No, I mean, I love them all equally, and Sean does too. But I think, as Steve's alluded to there, I don't think we're finished when it comes to building out this world. When you think a lot about the space that Sean works in with his channel, he speaks about it almost being a portal to a different world. And a lot of the games he plays, obviously, are similar where you discover characters as you go through the game. And Planet Positivity can be that for the coffee space too, where... Is kind of with his with Sean's channel, however your day's gone, whether you've had a tough day at school, a tough day at work, or you know, things have been difficult, you put his channel on and for that period of time that his video's on, you've taken yourself, transported yourself to this energetic, positive world. We looked at a picture of the coffee shelves in the US and other markets around the world, and it kind of felt the same that you have all these coffee bags that look the same. You have the big brands, you have the hipster brands. But where's that window? Where's that portal into the world? That's what the bag and the pack and the world was meant to do. And then you end up going, okay, well, we can introduce more characters. And obviously there's Sonny and, and his friends, but there's potentially more to come through that. For us, I think that was really exciting that through that cup of coffee in the morning, through that cup of sunshine or a rainbow, just taking a moment for yourself and whatever else is going on in the day at that time, it's your moment, your chance to start with a fresh leaf that day, assess how you're going to take things on and I think the characters are there to support you, uplift you, hopefully entertain in time as well. For me, and again, the reason I love Steve's work as well is characters can just do things that humans can't. They can uplift you in a different way, which is why there's so many amazing mascots in the world and cartoon characters that I relate to. And so hopefully we're just at the beginning of the journey, building this world, but also building the personalities of these characters out. Even in the first week of this the fan art that we've had sent in from Sean's followers is incredible. The evolution, the way that Steve's work and the team's work at Earthling's been taken and understood, but also evolved by the fans community is pretty remarkable and certainly a first for me to see so many cartoons being sent in or tagged with the brand in. Hopefully shows that it's off to a good start in that sense as well. 
Yeah, that's pretty great. It's kind of like an unexpected side effect of creating something that is ownable and that people can transfer their own interpretations to and appreciations of. So as long as the characters stay on track and don't get cancelled like the m ms <laughs> characters, it's all good. I think our fans have already tried their hand at new characters too, so uh, Steve might look for a job soon on that front. Nice. <laughs> Great. Speaking of shelves, and this product is primarily sold online, direct-to-consumer, but what were some of the challenges in design for you, Stephen, and in marketing, presenting it to an audience for you, Hugh, with the packaging? I would say from a packaging point of view, while we wanted to create something kind of fun and playful, we also were very aware it is a specialty coffee. So how do those two things live harmoniously? So that almost the craft of specialty coffee was something that is fun and youthful. Definitely was a challenge, I would say, in terms of how do those two things live together harmoniously. But I like to think we got over that hurdle throughout the process. And I think Probably one of the other challenges was this idea of top of the morning coffee. It's a coffee brand, but obviously they also sell tea packages and hot cocoa. How do you take the brand identity we developed and start to flex it to tea, flex it to hot cocoa? And the very simple answer to that is we went back to that brand idea of absurdly positive. And from a hot cocoa point of view, became absurdly indulgent. And then from a tea point of view, was this absurdly refreshing. That's where you can see we're bringing more white into the tea. We've opted for this rich, deep blue color within the hot cocoa, but very much wanted these to live as standalone products, but also should work as a family. It was a challenge, definitely, to make sure this identity could have that stretch and flex. And knowing all the amazing innovations that are coming down the line for Top of the Morning, making sure the brand identity was robust enough to be able to just keep on giving. Steve's hit the nail on the head. I'd say what's interesting from the company's point of view and the marketing positioning, and I know we've started direct-to-consumer, as you referenced there, but the plan is long-term for this to be on retail shelves and beyond in different formats, not just what we have in market now as well. What's interesting is just the journey that coffee's gone on over the last 50 to 60 years. The first wave of coffee was in the post-war years with instant coffee in the US, some of the big brands coming through then. You then had the second wave, which was the Italian approach to coffee, which Starbucks then borrowed and took the Americano and espresso to a more widespread audience and taking it from instant coffee to this coffee shop experience. And then over the last 20 years, you've had third wave coffee where you have the craft coffee shops, the baristas, the hipster aesthetic in some cases is cliched in some ways as well. And a lot of the brands that came through taking that Italian coffee shop experience and taking it to the next level where people are learning about origin of the coffee, the roast style, etc. But ultimately, that has felt quite snootish and sometimes unapproachable for mass consumers. And so now where we believe the fourth wave of coffee is, is taking that amazing experience and those amazing flavors and this amazing sourcing, but delivering it to consumers in a way that feels friendly and approachable and that you don't have to have a beard and sleeve tattoos to make a great cup of coffee. You can just enjoy it the same as anyone else. Democratizing that amazing third wave experience for the consumer is a big part of the marketing strategy and therefore why the branding can subvert so we can have this bold colorful branding on a very high quality product and that ties into what steve said there but that was always i think the vision in terms of disrupting what's come before so on one end you have this brooding moody sleeve tattoo covered (laughs) 
barista personality. <laughs> and then, yeah, no offense, but it is kind of a mood. Then with Top of the Morning Coffee, you have this very joyful and clearly with a brand strategy of absurdly positive. Did you ever consider or have a discussion of how absurdly positive is too positive? Is there any point where you're like, this is getting too joyful? Is it too much of a good thing to deploy on people? Or was it just once you committed to the idea, like this is it, we're just going to take it to its logical extreme? I would say we really lent in double down on the positivity. <laughs> My point of view, why not? I guess in a world that right now can feel quite heavy, what the world does need is a bit of that positivity. There's obviously a lot of brands that do a very good job of having that very positive outlook on the world. And we were very conscious of how do we go positivity to a million, to a thousand, to a million. How do we really lean into that? Back to Sean and Jack's personality, that is him. It came from a genuine place. It was, you know, how do you distill his DNA? We have no problem with it whatsoever. I totally agree with Steve. Sorry to add in. I feel like the time we've been alive the last four or five plus years has been particularly, I mean, it's always tough to be a human. Ultimately, you go back through history, but the last four or five years has been tough and there's a lot of negativity in the news cycle and obviously people struggling with different mental health challenges and things like that. So for us, putting something in your cupboard that just uplifts you just because it's fun and because it's positive and because it's just, you know, a cup of coffee at the end of the day felt like the right thing to do. So we double click as Steve said on positivity and I guess if you need to balance that amount of positivity out you can just turn on the news and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah exactly just walk outside and feeling too optimistic <laughs> now speaking of optimism without getting into sales figures because you know that's your deal but what was the reaction like in terms of sales was it an instant hit with the audience given that it's a direct to consumer like you don't have to wait for retailer reports to figure out if this is working or not yeah, I mean, it's been a busy week. I've had to have quite a few cups of top of the morning coffee to keep up with everything that's going on. I think every channel that you could have, whether it's sales of products or social media or emails has grown faster than I've seen anything in my career, which makes me sound old, but it's amazing how many people you put this in front of. Sales have been incredibly strong and remain strong every day. So I think what we've seen is, you know, it wasn't just a launch and then people lost interest. You know, if anything, it's building. Obviously, when Sean puts a video out, you get a lot of eyeballs on it. But the day-to-day -day sales, every touch point of the brand, you know, we're sending emails, SMS, social media, everything has the branding of the packaging running through it. And so every touch point is communicating. So it's been phenomenally successful and we're just excited now to take the brand world that we've created and then execute that in the various channels. And we have so many exciting ideas for ways to engage with consumers in real life that take Steve and Earthling's work into IRL, so to speak, and into the other channels we have, whether it's video, animation, cartoon, as we progress. Though I think we're, like we're just getting started. But the response has been phenomenal. And like I said earlier, just have to look at the fan art that's been sent in to see the engagement. Sean's really happy with the launch, myself and team are as well. If anything, it's day one for walking into Planet Positivity, but it's still loading more of the world behind it. So it's exciting. Was there any immediate interest from retailers saying like, hey, we want some of this action? Or is it still too early for that? We have had interest all along from retailers and particularly in the last week or so. But for us, it's about going at the right pace with a direct-to-consumer business that can be potentially as big as this one with the audience and the space to grow. 
that we can really test and learn and get feedback and build that relationship with consumers over the next few months, add new products to the lineup, listen to what the fans want. We get amazing feedback and we'll be doing more and more fan surveys, asking them what other teas do you want? What else would you like us to create? And I think that's an incredible part of having a direct-to-consumer community like this. And then obviously a long-term players to take this to retail. And we've had inbound interest already, but the opportunity for this is considerable, certainly in the US and other markets as well. So when the time's right, that's something we'll start looking into. Wonderful. And I love how you said how you're listening to your community as well, just the way Stephen and Earthling listen to you. So it's all a good vicious cycle of listening to what others are saying. Honestly, it's amazing. This The audience's engagement in what Sean does, but also this brand is incredible. And generally, I feel staggered by the genius of some of the ideas that we get suggested. Hopefully, we can bring some of those fan ideas to life over the next few years as well. Great. Now, Stephen, what was the most exciting aspect of working on this project for you? I would say exciting and terrifying in equal measure, but the idea of creating a brand that was going to be seen by 52 million sets of eyeballs, um, obviously with kind of Sean and Jack's huge audience. For me, as a career first, whilst I was excited by it, you never quite know how it's going to land <laughs> with the audience and his community. We're very passionate. But luckily, it seems to have landed super well. And, you know, as you alluded to there, the fan art, the messages, the love, a very, very positive community. Just having that access to such a big audience from day one was 100% the most exciting, I'd say. There's lots of exciting moments, but that's probably number one, yeah. Yeah, it's staggering to think about that amount of people. When you say 52 million people, it's so big that you sort of lose track mm -hmm. or lose sight of just how many people that is. Most designers work for brands that have an audience of 100, 1,000, 10,000, a million. But think about 52 million. That's a lot of eyeballs and yeah, a lot of pressure. So well done handling it. <laughs> and Hugh, in this whole process, what was the most exciting aspect for you working on it, having just joined this up and coming brand? It's a privilege to be part of this project and work with so many talented people, you know, just being in the room with not only Sean, but also Steve and Earthling is a privilege to watch people with that talent collaborate and work together. And hopefully I can help join the dots a little bit along the way. Sean is an amazing creator. He's an incredible entertainer, but he's also just a really nice guy. And so working with him has been a dream really to help him bring his vision to life with my skill set and consumer goods and taking his talents. And then I think when you land on such an awesome creative idea, like Absurdly Positive, and you land on amazing design work like this, that's when I get excited. And honestly, it sounds crazy, but what we've shown the world is really just a glimpse of how big this brand and this world behind it can be. That's super exciting. What we haven't mentioned is part of this process. We partnered with an amazing charity as well in Crisis Text Line, where we know we're supporting teen mental health around the world. Crisis Text Line provides free 24-7 mental health support via text message for teenagers. So if you're having challenges, you text in. And we donate from every bag sold and every product sold to that cause. And that was all part of this same mentality. And for me, things like that come from the team of people collaborating we had in the room at the beginning and understanding each other, where each other comes from. I don't think that sort of thing happens unless you really spend that time listening so yeah that's what i'm proud of it's just been a joy to work on really 
you can see the joy of the process, the joy of the product, the joy of helping this charity do their work. And it comes across in the final product. It is joyful. It is exuberant. It is absurdly positive. And it's definitely something that we can all use more of. So thank you for bringing that into our mornings, afternoons, evenings, whenever someone is enjoying top of the morning coffee or any coffee, just keep that mindset in mind. Stephen, Hugh, thank you so much for joining me on the follow-up today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Robin. Thanks, you. Underneath the amount of visual joy in this project, which is literally at the forefront, it's important to note what Hugh mentioned at one point, which is that behind all of the visual fanfare and YouTuber personality glitz, this is all supported by, quote, fundamentals of a well-run business, good economics, a well-managed team, and a clear vision, end quote, of the brand. As a new design studio, Earthling has set up a difficult precedent of having launched with such a well-received project and delivering the goods for an audience of more than 50 million followers. But we're definitely cheering for them, as well as for Sonny, Lucky, Cuppa Joe, and Ray, the four characters thriving in the made-up world of planet positivity, a place I wouldn't mind living in myself. Today, thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll be here. We hope you'll be there.